Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there. And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. You're ready to tune into your mind and body and feel empowered around health. This is the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria, licensed mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer. Together, we're changing the narrative on health away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity and towards healthful self-care. So grab your water bottle and get ready to laugh, learn, and grow. And let's let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. I'm Tara, and I'm here with Maria and Elizabeth, and today we are talking about the difference between mindful eating and intuitive eating, and we're going to talk about some tips to practice both. Elizabeth. Well done. Uh, Yes, this is a question that I get a lot and something that I think a lot of people are confused about or just don't really even know the difference. So Me, me, me. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Well, if you had to guess, what do you think is the difference, Maria? Okay, so mindful eating is that you're in the present moment, enjoying your food. Um, Okay. Intuitive eating (laughs) is you are listening to your body and what your body needs at that time, and you give that to your body. Uh, sort of. Yeah. I mean, that's not wrong. I just would say there's more to it than that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so well done though. So mindful eating is exactly what you said, the technique of being fully present with your food, mind and body while you're eating. Mm -hmm. And intuitive eating is really a framework to heal your relationship with food, to connect with your body wisdom and to practice health promoting self care. So what does that really mean is probably what you're thinking. <laughs> it sounds like practicing both of these simultaneously would be helpful. Well, so what's fascinating is that I would argue that you can be a mindful eater without being an intuitive eater, but yes. that it's probably not possible to be an intuitive eater without being able to be a mindful eater. Oh, interesting. And that doesn't mean that you need to sit down and every meal has to be the most mindful sensory experience Mm -hmm. ever, but you do need to be able to tune into the present moment, to tap into your body, to experience the food so that you can land on the way of eating that feels good for you, which is what intuitive eating is all about, listening, listening to your body and finding that I call it kind of like your forever feel-good food solution. I love how you said body wisdom. Mm. Yes. Like, I think about my, I could be a mindful eater, but I don't know how to be an intuitive one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah. So some benefits of mindful eating. I thought I would share a few benefits of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots and lots of research on mindful eating, but some of the benefits we see are reduced episodes of binge eating, uh, reductions in emotional eating, mm-hmm. fewer struggling with fewer cravings. Uh, we do see or can see improvements in body dissatisfaction, increased hunger awareness, and Uh, possibly also better food choices for people who eat mindfully. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. (laughs) 
So mindful eating can help quiet negative mental chatter around your food choices, which is, of course, helpful also if you're trying to heal your relationship with food and your body. And it can help you feel more gratitude Mm -hmm. about the food on your plate. Um, And also other research has shown it can aid in digestion, which I think we were also talking about. Mindful eating. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. I actually really enjoy mindful eating because I like to notice, like, how hot is my food? What's the texture feel Mm -hmm. like? Is this, like, sweet? Is it savory? Can I detect some of the other, like, elements in it? Yeah. You know, I don't drink alcohol, but I feel like the way that I think of some foods is, like, the way people smell wine and be like, (laughs) I smell oak in here. You know, and it's like, what? So I kind of try to do that with my food when I'm feeling mindful. Yeah, I love that because that tuning into the sensory aspects of your meal is one element of of eating mindfully. I was just getting ready to ask you, what are what are some of the ways that you practice eating mindfully? And certainly that would be one of them. Yeah. When I first started this too, I also made a point to eat slowly so that I could mm-hmm. be more mindful. Yeah, great tip. I often uh, share that with people. It can help you eat more mindfully to slow down, right? If we're yeah. rushing through it and or doing seven other things while we're eating, I will say that I think the way that I did it, I somebody recommended an app to me that had like a like ding, like every like minute or something is like when you take your next bite. Oh, and I think it was kind of interesting to show me like, wow, you eat really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that could so easily like cross the line into like disordered eating. And like, honestly, who wants to eat their meal while they have a ringing in the background? Yeah, I was going to I was thinking like that's unpleasant. As you said that that sounds a bit stressful. I would think of that almost like I think of I sometimes walk people through a guided mindful eating exercise that oh, we do with either a raisin or like a piece of my I I personally choose the dark chocolate um, <laughs> because who wants to eat a raisin when you can pick dark chocolate? Oh, yeah. Um agreed. But, but and it is a very slow super mindful, tuned in sensory experience, but you're not going to eat every meal that way. I always say mindful eating is a tool, not a rule. Yes. Mm-hmm. And talking, going back to the senses, we do know how uncomfortable or not nice it is when you're like really stuffy and you eat and you cannot taste mm, the food yes. and you're like, oh, I can't taste anything. You know, yeah. Yeah, like that's when like, it's not you a know satisfying. you have it until you lose it kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, so it's we have it there, but maybe we're not. I had a client a while back that gave me a recipe for like some sort of like braised beef short rib with vegetables and all this stuff that I don't typically make. Mm -hmm. Um, And I decided to make it and Marcus got COVID and he couldn't taste any of it or smell any of it. And he was so disappointed, but it was so much work that I'm not making it again. (laughs) Um, So... It was really like a disappointing meal for him, even though it was delicious. So that's when you know it's so important to be able to. Yeah, you, you want know, to be able to tune in and experience and your food on all the levels. Yeah, taste the food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you guys have landed on a few of the tips I would share, which is definitely tune into the sensory aspects, mm-hmm. slow down. Um, we also want to practice being in the present moment when we're trying to eat mindfully. So how do we do that? By... You know, sometimes I I always share with people, you know, not every meal can necessarily be the most mindful, but can you make the first bite mindful? Can you just pause before you dig in, take a deep breath, notice the food on your plate and does it look good? Does it smell good? Mm -hmm. That first bite, how does it taste? 
And if you can only do that, that's great. That's yeah. that's better than not doing that. Big right? steps, right? That's what we always talk about. Yeah. Little tiny steps add up to big, big changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you have a little bit more time, you want to do a three bite check-in. So I, you know, one at the beginning, one in the middle, one at the end. That's a great way to just notice mm-hmm. how's the food tasting? Is it shifting at all from the beginning? How am I feeling in my body? So whatever it works for you, another tip that I share with people, which obviously you're not going to do this all the time or probably even often. But if you really want to practice eating mindfully, eating with your non-dominant hand will force you to bring your senses to what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that sounds like a mess. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, sometimes you do those exercises where you have to write with your opposite hand and (laughs) it's always interesting. But, like, I feel like I have to concentrate so hard to do that. Yeah. And you can bring a little bit of that attention to your eating that way. Um, And then this is a really, really big component of it. I would say both mindful and intuitive eating is letting go of judgment. What do you mean? So I mean that negative self-talk about, well, I should be eating this or I shouldn't be eating that or how can I be hungry or I have guilt about the thing that's on my plate or any other kind of self-judgment, self-criticism that would come up. That's an area. I mean, many of these areas are where intuitive eating and mindful eating overlap a bit, but that's a big one is like we're trying to get to neutral about our food choices Mm -hmm. and allow it to be pleasurable. Yes. Going back to negative self-talk. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just uh, when it comes to kind of being present with your meal, think about what all the things you do when you're eating. You know, it's really common to eat at your desk or to eat while you're scrolling through social media or to stand up and like take bites of food in between, you know, working or running around your house or eat while you're in the car because you're racing here, there and everywhere. And, you know, some element of like that's just real life. But are there opportunities where you don't have to do that and you can be a little more focused on how you're eating? It makes me think of family meals. Like, those mm. are the only times that I think I enjoy my food even, you know, more. Yeah. It's because we are actually taking the time to sit at mm-hmm. the table. Mm-hmm. Nobody's on their phone. Nobody's, mm-hmm. you know, we're focusing on each other and our food. So yeah. it's, you know, having a, every now and then as much frequent as you can, those mm-hmm. sit-down meals. Yeah. I love the sit-down meals. Right? I love, love, love family meals. We have always, I always had them growing up as a child. I've tried to do them as often as possible in my family. I would say most nights we did always have family dinner. Mm-hmm. And there's so much research behind the benefits mm-hmm. of family meals. We should actually maybe do an episode on that one time because... I would love that because I'm trying to get that to be habit in my home. Mm-hmm. And it's a challenge for me for sure. Yeah. The evening is such like a rat race yeah. that it's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I want to cook this nice meal, but we really only have like 20 minutes before bed, so dino nugs it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you it know? doesn't matter what you're eating. I mean, the research truly yeah. shows it's not so much about what you're eating. It's the act of sitting down and together. eating together with your children. But here's like a super quick tip on that. 
is it doesn't matter which meal it is. So people hear right. family meals and immediately think dinner. But if it works better for your family at breakfast or lunch yes. or snack time or whatever it is, it really is about the act of sitting down, sharing a meal, having conversations, spending the focused time. Yeah. So just a, sometimes yeah. we need to rethink, reimagine, yeah. right? In my house mm-hmm. is, is breakfast, the biggest one. Saturday mm-hmm. and Sundays is a good time to sit down. And emotionally talking, what a great time to check in yes. with each other. Okay, how are you yeah. doing? And you create that pattern. You know, it makes it part of you know, your family dynamics mm-hmm. too, every now and then as much frequent as possible again to have those times to let's sit down, share a meal and check in. What were your ups and downs of your week? How are you doing? Anything you want to bring to the table, literally, <laughs> yeah. um, about anything we want to talk. And that... I yeah, mean, it's so important. Yeah. I remember when my kids were smaller uh, every now and then one of them would sort of grumble about well, why can't we be like so-and-so's family? They just put the food out and people mm-hmm. come and eat it whenever they want. And like, oh, why do we have to sit here and eat it? I remember grumbling about that as a kid. But as I well. think they've really come to love it. I mean, now, like, what's for dinner and when are we eating? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, it is, it's mostly fun. And many time. times they enjoy things they'll never tell you. <laughs> right. So yeah. keep at it. Yes, that's true. Keep at it. Um, Okay, so that's kind of the ins and outs of mindful eating. Now let's turn to intuitive eating a little bit more. So essentially, intuitive eating is a much broader framework for really healing your relationship with food, mind, and body. Um, Whereas mindful eating is more of a, I would say, narrower focus. Um, We've done lots of episodes on intuitive eating at this point, but just as a quick recap, there's lots and lots of research behind it also. it was uh, an approach that to food, nutrition, self-care created by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli, Elise Rush, over 25 years ago. And there's 10 principles of intuitive eating. If you haven't heard it, I really suggest going back and listening to our three-part series where we go through each principle one by one. But I would say the main tenets of intuitive eating are kind of really eating for pleasure and emotional satisfaction, which if you think about it is so different than how food is presented in diet culture. It's really being able to self-regulate your eating, which all for the most part, all of our bodies are equipped with the ability to regulate our eating. We have hunger cues, we have fullness cues, we have digestive cues, we have other body wisdom and really diet culture pulls us away from that intuitive eating is about getting back in touch with that rebuilding that trust Mm -hmm. um it's really about you know tuning out diet culture breaking up with diet culture um and letting go of dieting rules Mm -hmm. and then also kind of making peace with food in your body so getting to a plate that place of self-trust where you can eat and enjoy all the foods without guilt without feeling like you can't bring some of them into your home because You just feel like you would eat them all or it wouldn't feel good um, the way that you would eat them. And then really it also incorporates joyful movement and gentle nutrition and healthful Mm self-care. And there's lots and lots of studies showing the benefits of intuitive eating. Things like really simple, maybe having more energy, improved moods, improved digestion, um, being more consistent with kind of your healthful eating routines, being able to keep those previously kind of forbidden foods back in your kitchen and your pantry, minimize cravings, minimize food guilt, improve lab markers. I mean, that really, truly the benefits just kind of 
better body satisfaction, um, lots and lots of awesome, awesome benefits. Which in the end um, promotes your emotional well-being as well. Oh, of course. And it, only, and physical health mm-hmm. and, you know, all the, the relationship with your body as a whole mm-hmm. is what do you want to get into when you talk, you know, doing things with yourself? Yeah, and there are definitely studies to show that intuitive eating is linked with um, improved emotions. Uh, Life satisfaction, yes. emotional well-being. Yeah. So it really is about healing your relationship with food, mind, and body. Yeah. And the benefits of that are pretty far-ranging. Yes. Sounds exciting. Yeah. So what are some ways that you can begin eating intuitively? We've talked about that lots of times at this point, but why not share a few more right here? Um, I guess one place I often start with clients that is sometimes surprising and actually I love, love, love when the sessions, when it does turn out that our first sessions end up this way, because I just think it's so not what people are expecting when they come in and sit down and talk to a dietitian. is like people are used to kind of getting these prescriptive ways of eating, right? Mm-hmm. And instead, a way that you can kind of lean into intuitive eating is starting with satisfaction, asking yourself the question, not what should I eat or what am I supposed to be eating, but what sounds good to me right now? What what would I enjoy eating? Mm-hmm. And you can go through some of those sensory things, right? Do I want something cold or hot or sweet or savory, mm-hmm. smooth, crunchy? How? What do you think, like, when we do things, you know, when you start realizing what foods are, actually feel good in your body or not, mm-hmm. right? Like... Like, there are foods that are not, you know, my body doesn't, it's like, mm, that doesn't mm-hmm. feel good. And then you start getting to know your body that way. It's mm-hmm. like, these kind of foods give me energy and make me feel good in whatever way you feel good or vice versa. How does that go into that? Uh, absolutely. So intuitive eating is all about listening to your body. Yeah. So if your body is telling you, hey, every time I'll make it up, every time, you know, you drink a glass of milk, you get a stomach upset or you get really gassy bloaty then uh, obviously it would be an act of self-care for you not to drink a glass of milk right um and it and everybody's body is differently and so it's a good question because i think in intuitive eating we talk a lot about all foods can fit right all foods can fit in a health promoting diet but we're not talking about the when we say that we're not talking about the ones that you know you need to avoid for medical reasons or that don't feel good in your body. It's about finding the way of eating that feels good for you and being completely comfortable and confident that that's going to be different than how I eat or what feels good for me or how Tara eats or how any other person eats. That's why following those cookie cutter Mm -hmm. guidelines of this is what you need to eat, it, it can apply to everyone. Like your exercise cannot apply. You don't have a routine that it fits all because everybody's body is different and your needs at that moment are different. So many variables that you have to take into account. But we see it's like, oh, this works for so-and-so. It will work for me too. Mm -hmm. No, but when you have that relationship with your body and you know your body, then you might have an idea what absolutely not, not just a list of ingredients or a list of things, but your knowledge of you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is actually another great 
kind of tip if you're look if you're out there thinking about okay how can I get started with this is start practicing radical curiosity right like what does it look like to be radically curious about my body about my hunger signals my fullness signals what do they feel like how do I know is it is it pleasant or unpleasant hunger what is how does this meal feel in my body versus right. this one which one did one or the other give me more energy? Did they hold me over longer? Were they more satisfying? Did it not feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Just, um, oh, gosh, I noticed. I love the phrase, isn't that interesting? Like, isn't that interesting? I don't feel so good after this meal. I'm uncomfortably full. Oh, okay. Instead of having all sorts of judgment and negative self-talk around that, can you pause and ask instead, huh, Maybe some questions you might ask, for example, are how hungry was I before I started this meal? Was I overly hungry and therefore I ate really quickly and differently or uh, more than I normally might in response to that urgent hunger? Was I in having... um, What emotions was I feeling before I sat down? Was I sad or stressed or something else that contributed to that? Yes. I almost never have my clients do a food journal. Mm -hmm. That's not really what I'm about. But every now and then a client will like warrant um, doing it. And those are like the most important parts of it for Mm -hmm. me. Like I don't really care what you ate. Mm -hmm. I more care like why you ate that and how you were feeling and how did you feel after and, you know, what were your emotions around it and how mm-hmm. hungry were you? Because that's really like the most telling part of it for me. Same, which, you know, I don't do it with every client at all. You know, a, a lot of intuitive eating is trying to get out of writing right. and tracking. and mm-hmm. But but sometimes it is appropriate and I call it food and mood journaling. And same thing, I always tell, I don't really care what's on the paper what you ate unless we're trying to look for a pattern of digestive upset or something right. like that but I'm more interested in all those other things same and here's a takeaway from today's episode among many radical curiosity mm-hmm. not only about the foods and how they feel in your body and and what makes you choose that food but radical curiosity how the exercise you know, yeah. feels in your body and how an, an emotion feels in your body or what was the emotion happening before you did such or something. So it's like gathering intel about yourself. Yeah, it's all Radical it's all curiosity. kind of data, it's right? It's yeah. a lot of data that your body is sending you. And also, it's not just your body. Maybe it's your eating environment, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, I, I'm making it up a little bit, but like I'm a person who kind of like, likes order and everything in its place if I were to sit down at a table personally that was like strewn with all of my family's stuff from the day like that mm-hmm. would probably be a little anxiety provoking right. for me <laughs> Me too. so that could help me enjoy my meal more is to sort of clear it up a little bit before so it's just you can be curious about anything it's just you learning see, yourself I'm really good at gathering data, data about other people yeah. myself yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're really good at like Tara does this and that and that and that <laughs> Know, even with our kids, but not about ourselves. So yeah. just shift that focus for a while. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. just like a simple action step even. I'm always like, okay, set the goal. So the goal is I'm going to practice radical curiosity. Mm-hmm. Now, how would you turn that into an action step? Maybe it's 
at lunch this week, I'm going to practice noticing my hunger and fullness cues. Or right. at lunch this week, I'm going to set an action step to check in with my emotions before mm-hmm. I begin eating. Or mm-hmm. at breakfast, I'm going to practice checking in on my fullness cues mm-hmm. when the meal's over. So there's, you can break it down into sort of, I think it could be a little overwhelming to just say, well, get curious. And there you go. You're practicing intuitive eating. You are, but how do you do it? That's a kind of a good example. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop moment. I'm so glad. Listening, thank you. I'm so glad, Maria, that you were listening. I feel like that's a great place to leave it for today. And by the way, if you enjoyed this conversation and want to know more about intuitive eating, I would really encourage you. I'll drop a link in the show notes. Sign up for my email list. I send out kind of articles on this, these types of conversations all the time. Nutrition tips, intuitive eating tips, body image healing tips. Just I invite you to join my email list and continue to learn along with me in another way. All right. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. And thank you, thank you everyone for listening. And if you like this episode or any other episode or all episodes and more episodes, Feel free to leave a review, um, some rating, give us some love, and we will see you next time. Love it. If you would like to connect with us offline, we would love to connect with you. You can find me uh, at Elizabeth Harris Nutrition on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Tara DeLeon Fitness. I'd love to hear from you. And you can find me on Instagram at coaching underscore therapist. And I would love to connect with you too. Have a great day.